Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. Welcome to the Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps podcast. This episode, we'll be looking at the Northern Rhone map. Directly south of the Beaujolais region in France, we find the start of the Rhone Valley. Now, the Rhone is a very long valley that actually we split into two separate focuses, the Northern Rhone and the Southern Rhone. This is because, actually, although they are in the same valley, the microclimates and the situations here are very different. First, let's focus on the Northern Rhone. It's a moderate continental climate here, and it's noticeably cooler than the Southern Rhone. Key factors to be considering when thinking about the Northern Rhone are that it has very steep slopes. So steep that the vines are individually staked rather than terraced, often on teepees, and they must be worked by hand. This also leads to problems with erosion and soil quality. Quite often at the end of the year, you will find people in the Northern Rhone collecting the soil from the bottom of the slopes and redistributing it around the vineyards. The river is really important here as it helps to give heat, it bounces back heat and light into the vineyards, so many of the key areas are planted facing the river. Another issue is the Mistral wind. We've already seen this a little bit in Burgundy, but here in the Northern Rhone, the vines are protected from it by the valley itself. The Northern Rhone area is so steep and difficult to grow grapes at times that it represents only around 5% of production of the Rhone Valley. Therefore, 95% of wine is actually coming from the south. Whilst there is a regional appellation here of Côte de Rhone, which actually covers both the Northern and Southern Rhone, the focus really in the Northern Rhone is the crews of the appellation, so the specifically named villages. This is because it's difficult to grow grapes here, so really most of the grapes for the Côte de Rhone regional appellation are actually grown in the south. A quick note on soils before we look at specific grape varieties. A lot of the soils here are a little bit based on granite. So again, they are hard, infertile soils, which also give some heat, which really aids ripening, which is key for the grape variety that dominates here, which is Syrah. So Syrah is the only black grape variety permitted in the Appalachians of the Northern Rhone. 
it's at the very northern limit of ripening here in the northern Rhone, so it really needs slopes and heat in order to gain ripeness. Therefore, the best sites for wines made from Syrah here, the red wines, are those that are facing the river on these steep southerly slopes, so facing into the sun, facing the river to gain as much heat and ripeness as possible. So these are grapes that are grown to produce powerful red wines with deep purple or ruby color, medium to high tannins, medium to high acid, and in most of the crews you see enough intensity to allow for oak use. So softening some of the tannins with this slow oxygen contact and adding delicate spices. Really, it's up to the winemaker here to choose whether they use large old oak just for that slow oxygen contact and softening of the wine, really focusing on the development of the fruit profile. So moving from dark plum, blackberry, pepper, slowly to licorice, dried plum, dried fruit, meat and game. Or perhaps using smaller, newer oak to enhance the spices, so adding to that pepper with cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. One practice that used to be quite common in the Northern Rhone, but is becoming less so, is the co-fermentation of Syrah with the prestigious white grape from the region Viognier. This was done to improve the aromatics of Syrah-based wines, and also to fix the colour, as Viognier acts as a stabiliser. However, this is something we are seeing less and now it's just a focus on those 100% Syrah wines. In terms of white wines, Viognier is the wine that is most renowned from the Northern Rhone. It's perfumed, aromatic, giving aromas of apricot, blossoms, stone fruit. It does have an issue with losing acidity very quickly and gaining sugar very fast, therefore giving potentially lower acidity in the wines and higher alcohol levels. It's also a late ripening grape variety, so to get the best from it, you need to leave it to hang for as long as possible, again enhancing this potential issue with acidity and alcohol. Really the key to the Viognier wines in the Rhone is finding sites with this intense diurnal range, this intense shift between day-night temperatures, which slows the ripening process down overnight, enhancing the complexity of the wine, and of course allowing for the maintenance of acidity. This is one of the few areas where you'll actually see oak use with an aromatic grape variety, really enhancing the powerful fruit flavors with this delicate spicing. Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. Viognier isn't the only white grape in the Northern Rhone, however. We also see Marsan and Roussian, two grape varieties that are often blended together in the white wines in the Northern Rhone. Marsan really adding richness and weight to a blend, whereas Roussan adds acidity and a lovely perfumed stone-fruited peach character. They are less aromatic than wines made from 100% Viognier, but do develop complex aromas of honey, nuts, and dried fruits as they age. Now let's take a quick tour of the appellations that you need to know in the Northern Rhone and have a little think about the style of the wines here. First up, in the very north, we have Cote Roti, the roasted slopes. Here we have a focus on red wines. It's only red wines in this appellation, therefore wines from Syrah. 
You might see a little bit of Viognier added in the blend in fermentation, but it's less likely. Here we have incredibly exposed slopes providing deep color, full-bodied, spicy, peppery wines with a real textural elegance that are very floral. Because this is a combination of heat from exposure and cooling influence from the diurnal shift, it's also quite often where we find strong pepper aromas that are aided by that cool temperature overnight. Next up, as we head south down the valley, is Congia. This is the 100% Viognier Appalachian. It's steep terraces here. It's basically an amphitheater of granite, which provides rich, full-bodied, very perfumed wines. Lots of sun exposure and low-yielding old vines. Within this Appalachian, you do need to be aware of Chateau Grier, which is a single property with Appalachian Controle status. It's the most prestigious Viognier in the world with some of the greatest aging potential. Continuing our journey south, we have San Joseph. Now this is most known for red wines of Syrah. It's quite a large Appalachian, so you can see some lighter bodied wines at a larger volume with some carbonic maceration, this technique that we find in Beaujolais. These are quite often utilizing grapes from the fertile sites on the valley floor or this large plateau above the slopes. There are slopes that can be utilized here, but generally the wines of San Joseph tend to be the lighter bodied wines of the Northern Rhone and more pepper and perfumed character. So they retain the pepper and perfume of Cote Roti, but with lighter body in comparison. There are also incredible white wines here from these Marsan Roussian blends. Next up, as we head south, we actually have two Appalachians that are on the other side of the river. These are Creusomitage and Hermitage. It's really important for you to understand the distinction between these two. Very similar sounding names, very different styles of wine, and quite often questions will come up asking about the differences. For example, asking you to describe using the SAT approach to tasting a typical wine of Hermitage in comparison to a typical wine of Creusermitage. Let's start with Creusermitage. This is the bigger Appalachian, really on the flatter plains here. There's more variation in quality, and we tend to have less expensive, simpler wines that are ready for drinking earlier. This is both the case for the reds and the white wines. Hermitage, in comparison, is a much, much smaller Appalachian. It's concentrated on steep south-facing slopes around the town of Tan, and it is split into a whole series of small named sites, although this is not actually part of the Appalachian system, it's just fun to know. We have lots of steepness and aspect here, providing full-bodied, rich, concentrated wines with good tannic structure, good acidity, suitable for long aging. They tend to have less pepper and perfume than the wines of San Joseph or Cote Roti, but lots of licorice and developing these distinct meaty characters as they age. So really thinking about this variation between steep sites and power and body, expensive long-lived wines of Hermitage in comparison to the more higher volume, simpler, ready to drink younger, focus on black fruit, blackberry, black cherry, black plum of Crozet Mitage. 
Don't forget the same comparison can also be made here for the white wines with the more concentrated age-worthy intense wines, often with oak use coming from Hermitage, and the simpler easy-to-drink fresher wines coming from Crozomitage. Finally, to end our tour, we're back on the other side of the river in Cornas. This is the most southerly of the red wine crews, and it is only a red wine crew. Grapes here are Syrah, and it must be made from 100% Syrah. They are deeply colored, full-bodied wines, rich, powerful, and for me, what stands out is really, really smooth, ripe, full tannins. It's the warmest region and it's well-exposed, sun-baked, south-facing slopes, so you do get this easy ripening of the tannins. Join me in the next episode as we talk about the Southern Rhone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitaliinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.